This is Brother John Metter. I greet you in the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord and Savior. And I pray that everyone is doing well and that God's grace and mercy is shining abundantly on your life. I am so stirred in my spirit about the working of the Holy Ghost and what God is doing in people's hearts and minds. And I see such a uh, a moving of the Holy Ghost and such a soul-saving deliverance move of God being laid as a foundation to break forth in the earth till it just thrills my soul. I can see God's hand moving uh, in hearts and lives and minds and spirits. You know, it was back on August the 5th that the Lord put it in my spirit that morning to take the move of God uh, outside the church. And the Lord had dealt with me for years. And even back in the uh, early 80s, I hadn't been in full-time ministry too long. Even back in the early 80s, the Lord dealt with me, uh, done a lot of tent revivals. I was evangelizing then. Done a lot of tent revivals, and, and uh, then people started opening their homes for prayer meetings, and I had about four or five different homes in uh, the early 80s, I guess probably through uh, probably 82, 83, 84, maybe into 85, there was about four or five homes that uh, I went into on a regular basis and ministered in. And we saw God do great things then, and the Lord began to deal with me uh, to start these home prayer meetings and Bible studies back up. Matter of fact, two or three years ago, uh, my son came in contact with some people, and he lives outside of Carroll in Carrollton, Georgia. Uh, and there's some people in a small town down there, uh, ten or so miles out of Carrollton. Uh, that I ministered in their grandmother's home back in the early 80s. And he had some home prayer meetings with them, and we got back in touch with them. And now God has done the same thing over around the Buford and Cumming, Georgia area. A door is open there uh, in a brother and sister's home, and the young lady was five years old. When she uh, was first brought to my meetings by her mother and her grandmother. Well, the grandmother's gone on to be with the Lord now, but uh, the mother and this young lady and even her children. So that's three generations there that the Lord has opened the door uh, up to for the preaching of this kingdom and, and people that are hungry for God, that are outside of our Ring of fellowship, if that's what you want to say. God is opening the doors and areas, and I'm so excited about what God's doing, and we're uh, getting calls and, and correspondence of people wanting us to pray about coming into their area and into their homes and, and reaching out to them. So there is a lot that God is doing, but the Lord has really dealt with me. And y'all know uh, last week, I preached how people need to come together and there needs to be a unity in prayer to pray for this nation because there's such a division and a confusion and such a spirit of hatred rising. And children, this spirit is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. And if we don't get in prayer and petition the Lord, 
for a visitation of his spirit, we could very well, uh, I, I see the seed of a, another civil war in this nation brewing. I see a seed of, of racial division like I've not seen. And I come up in the 60s and I remember all of the protests and the riots and, and the uh, inhumane treatment of people, you know, uh, because they were... Uh, Rightly so, protesting to be treated equal, and I believe all men are created equal, and I don't want to get off into that, but there's a spirit behind this that is just pure evil hatred that the, the devil is stirring up in people, and we've got to go to prayer and seek God to bring a peace to our nation. I don't care what it is, whether it's racial, whether it's spiritual, uh, whether it's financial, I don't care what it is. People do not need to be divided. We not, do not need to be divided in our nation. And we do not need to be divided in our beliefs uh, in God. We need one God, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Our country was founded on religious freedom. It was founded on a belief in a holy God. And by his name, Jesus, he is God to this nation. He is God to this people. And if you don't want to worship this God, that's fine. But don't come into our nation and try to change everything. Try to bring division and hatred and strife. Uh, this nation was not built on that. And it is time for this nation to go back to a simple walk and belief in one true and living God. Because that is the way the Lord dealt with Israel. He said, No, O Israel, that the Lord thy God is one Lord and one God. That was the first commandment. That was the first commandment. And the first commandment with promise is thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. And we don't have that in the generation we're in today. This is all things that seek Satan is sown in people's hearts. It's caused division in our nation. It's caused division in our families. It's caused division in our churches. And the only thing, I'm telling you, the only thing that is going to turn this around is an act of God to change people's spirits and to change people's hearts and bring a revival of a power of the Holy Ghost deliverance that is going to stand up in the earth and bring healing, not just for the heart, but for the soul, the mind, and the body. But the Lord has been dealing with me for weeks now, and he just dealt with me again uh, last Sunday morning. I had arisen early, and I was reaching out to the Lord for God to move in the service there that Sunday at the church, and I was reaching out to the Lord, and the Lord uh, put it in my spirit, and I heard that voice that I've trusted in for 46 years, and I want you to know this, and I'm getting to the scripture, y'all just bear with me, and I will get there, and uh, God is moving by his spirit, and you know, for a long time now, the Lord is uh, has been dealing with me about the verse in Psalms 91, uh, the chapter, and it was not very long ago 
that I begin to preach out of Psalms 91 and 1 and those first, first few verses on the E that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And the Lord spoke into my spirit Sunday morning. And this is what God put in my spirit in Psalms 91 and 10 uh, and 11 and 12. Because, I'm sorry, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And I will go back to verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. And that goes all the way back to the first verse of Psalms 91. But the Lord began to deal with me. You know, I was raised in church, and I'll be 66 years old. Uh, I think a week from the day this broadcast airs, I will be 66 years old on Sunday, November the 25th. And uh, I have uh, spent probably 62, three years of my life uh, being in church, serving God. I've served God now for 46 years and preached His Word and done my best to live up right and walk up right before the Lord. And I've never seen a time when people that name the name of Jesus are so sick and so diseased and so troubled and, and, and so beat down and depressed and discouraged and there's no relationship with God, seems like, in a majority of a people that names the name of the Lord. But the Lord began to deal with me. Uh, he had dealt with me about a year or so ago. And you know, when uh, I was coming up and when I accepted the Lord, uh, they preached repentance. She went to the altar and actually prayed through with a lot of times tears and cried out with God for repentance because the Bible said godly sorrow worketh repentance. We didn't, uh, and I'm not criticizing anybody but we just didn't make a confession of salvation and say a repeat after me prayer, but we got on our knees in an altar somewhere, whether it was church or home or wherever. The Spirit of God moved on us, and we felt that godly sorrow prick our hearts, and the Spirit of God smote our hearts and brought in that godly sorrow. We repented, and the Lord began to reprove us of sin. So, uh, when I was coming up, we were taught repentance, and then we were taught water baptism, and then we were taught the indwelling and infilling of the Holy Ghost that would begin to bring in sanctification, <coughs> excuse me, would begin to bring in that life that you begin to put sin out of your life and walk away from ungodly things and thoughts and actions and you turn away from wickedness and ungodliness and it was preached as sanctification that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost would sanctify you and the Lord began to deal with me how He has spoken to me August 2017 that there is coming a baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. And you know, fire, there's nothing that stands up against fire. Fire purges, fire purifies, fire gets all uh, 
disease and sickness out. You just look what these fires in California are doing. They're purging everything in its path. Nothing can stand up to it. The uh, temperature of fire uh, gets hot enough. It's gonna it's gonna melt gold and silver. It's gonna burn up uh, hay, wood, and stubble, and that's the reason. The Bible talks about only these precious gems like diamonds and, and uh, rubies and emeralds and these type things. These are the only things that can stand up in fire, but they are purified and made strong in fire. And the Lord began to deal with me. He said, because the sin that is come into my people's habitation because of the preaching that has come into the churches that has let down the standard against sin that the enemy has come in in sickness. He's come in disease. He's come in and divided and is destroying the family. You can say what you want to, but when I grew up, people were praying people. There was not all this sickness and disease and trouble and divorce in the church. It was starting in our nation, but it was not in the church. And we need a spirit of sanctification to return back to God's people, a spirit that will sanctify, that will get out what people want to call, call the no harm sin. There is no such thing as a no harm sin. You know, the Bible tells us, I believe it's in Hebrews. Well, I know it's in Hebrews. I just can't remember whether it is 11 or 12, but it tells us to uh, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. You hear what I'm saying? I believe it's going to be Hebrews 12. Let me get there. Uh, and I will uh, take you into that and read that scripture for you. And, well, it's not there either. So you're going to have to hang on and help me find it. Uh, Y'all just bear with me just a minute. But I know it's in one of these last two or three chapters of Hebrews. And so just bear with me. But I know it starts out and says, Seeing we are... Yeah, here it is. It is 12. I'm sorry. I looked over it. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now that right there is talking about people that has gone before us. In Hebrews 11, Paul wrote about all of the great men and women of faith, how they stood with such a great witness and how their life was a testimony all the way down through the early church. And then Paul said, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He said, let us lay aside every weight. A weight not be, it might not be a sin, but it will lead to a sin. 
but in the sin which does so easily beset us. I don't understand why when people confess salvation and they accept Jesus as their Savior, they do not want to put away sin out of their lives. I don't believe that you've got to sin a little more or less every day. I believe when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life, it washes away your sins, and the Holy Ghost comes in and begins to sanctify you. The Bible teaches us in the Gospel of John that when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, which is the Holy Ghost, He will reprove sin. He will begin to correct you and cause you to get the things that lead to sin out of your life. You know, nobody just walks out there and just sins. That ain't what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that uh, no man, uh, when he's tempted, can say, I'm tempted of God, but every man is tempted by evil. And God tempteth no man with evil, but man is tempted by the very lust of his own heart. And I know it's in the book of James uh, let's go over there and let's see what James had to say. Uh, and I know it's on down. It's in James, the first chapter, if I remember right. Uh, so uh, let's see here in verse uh, chapter 1 of James in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, or I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted. In other words, your temptation comes when you yourself are drawn away of his own lust or your own desires, and these desires entice you. Then when that lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. See, you don't just go out and commit sin. There's got to be a temptation. There's got to be something in your own carnal nature that draws you away from the walking with the Spirit of God. It draws you away. And when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed... It says that when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So we're being taught there that man is tempted by his own lust. God doesn't tempt him. God will try you. God will test you. God will prove you. And that's what God does to see if you're going to serve him or not. So, uh, we've got to know that the Holy Ghost is put there to reprove sin. It is put there to fight against this spirit of the carnal mind. The Bible teaches us in Romans the 8th chapter, for to be spiritually minded, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What does that carnal mind do? It brings death. How does it bring death? Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But when the Spirit of Christ comes in and begins to deal with your heart, reprove you, and smite your heart for sin, then godly sorrow 
worketh repentance, and it is through that repentance, and it is through that turning to God and receiving the Holy Ghost that God raises up a standard in your mind, in your life, and in your spirit to live clean. And then you begin to strive by prayer and dedication and seeking God to come in to a life uh, that was preached when I was growing up as sanctification. Uh, people don't preach and teach on sanctification anymore because nobody wants to give anything up when they come to the Lord. People want to accept the Lord in one hand and live in the world in the other. This is wrong. And I'm telling you, we are going back to sanctification. We're going back to living clean. We're going back to living holy. We're going back to being reproved by the Spirit of the living Christ. The Holy Ghost is going to reprove. It's going to rebuke. It's going to exhort because that is what the Bible says the word is for the word is for reproof the word is for rebuke and the word is for exhortation to teach you how to live clean and holy and walk upright with God and when the word is anointed it brings life Jesus said the flesh profiteth nothing but the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. That's what Jesus said. And Paul talked, and I just quoted it, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Paul said the letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. We need a living word. We need our ministers to get in prayer and seek the face of God and come out of that prayer chamber with a living word, with an anointing, with a word that will come alive inside your spirit, man. Too many times people sit in services and all they hear is the dead letter of the word, the letter killeth it will kill you are are you hearing me paul said the letter killeth but it is the spirit that makes the word alive that is why we need vessels anointed of god because the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing and it is the spirit of god that's a Anointed, anoints us. It's not learning how to preach. It's not learning not how to breathe or what type. People say, God, I call the preacher's hack. That has nothing to do with the anointing, God. But the anointing is when the Spirit of God died. either comes on or in a vessel and that word that God inspires up in that heart of that vessel and it begins to expound that word 
word. And it begins to speak that word. That word comes alive. And the word of spirit and life that begins to rise up and flow out of that vessel brings a yoke destroying anointing. And Jesus told us in John 7, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There are many dry and thirsty souls in our land today. And they need to hear words of refreshing, words of spirit, and words of life that only comes by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and the anointing and inspiration of the Holy Ghost only comes through prayer and seeking God. And this only comes when prayer and seeking God brings sanctification and brings in a reproof against sin. We need some vessels that are clean, that are upright before God. God said, I'm looking for a man that can stand before me. And who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in that holy place? But he that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully. We need a baptism of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire to come in and sanctify. Sanctify, sanctify, purge and set apart to get the world out of the church and the church out of the world. Come alive, my people. Come alive. Come out from among them. I believe Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. He said, come out from among, among them and touch not the unclean thing. Are you hearing me? Too much uncleanliness. Too much ungodliness inside of people's hearts and minds and lives. Children of God, listen to what I'm saying to you. We have allowed sin to creep into the camp. We have allowed the things that when we come to the Lord, we laid aside. You know, I was taught that whatever you give up for God, when you come to the Lord, you leave it alone. You don't go back and you don't pick it back up. People, they'll give up something. When God convicts them, they'll give up uncleanness. They'll give up unholiness. They'll give up lying and cheating and stealing or just uh, what people want to call sometimes it's just little foxes uh, are y'all hearing what I'm saying it's just little foxes uh, that people uh, will give up uh, and then when they come to the Lord uh, uh, and start serving God they'll say well uh, it's okay now the things that I give up uh, I can go back and pick up no you cannot uh, if you gave up something uh, to get saved and walk with God, uh, then you've got to keep it uh, out of your heart and life to stay saved. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, are you hearing me, children? Uh, you have got 
to practice uh, sanctification and allow uh, the Holy Ghost uh, to bring conviction, uh, to bring dedication, uh, to bring a purging uh, of sin out of your life. Uh, It's got to happen. Uh, I said it's got to happen. Uh, Is anybody with me? Uh, Is anybody understanding uh, what I am saying? Uh, Are you hearing me, children? Uh, Are you hearing what I am saying to you uh, by the inspiration uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, that there's got to be a purging? There's got to be a purging. There's got to be a coming aside. There's got to be a separation. There's got to be. There's got to be a separation and a laying aside of the things of sin. This is Brother Matter. I see that our time is about gone. Uh, It's amazing how sometimes I get in these broadcasts. I don't know what I'm going to say, but then the Spirit of God takes over. And so many times I go a direction. I didn't think I was going to go just like today. I did not plan on going down this road, but the Lord started dealing with me about sanctification, and it is time to uh, let the Holy Ghost begin to purge sin out of our lives. We invite you to come be with us uh, at our church in L.A.J., Georgia, located at 90 Garland Drive, and we're there on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We go to prayer about 1030 you can go to our website and contact us. That is mansentfromgod.org. M-A-N-S-E-N-T-F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. Mansentfromgod.org. There's a mailing address. There is an email address. There's a way to donate by debit or credit card. We encourage and need your support to keep this broadcast going We are seeing God do great things. May God richly bless you till our next broadcast.